Hi, I'm Darren. And I'm Tanya. And you know what you're listening to. And this week, we're going to take a romp through photography genres. A romp, Darren. A big rompity stomp. I'm going to start. I've shot children. (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. My turn. Um, I've chopped off people's heads. I'm stuck now. I don't know how to top that. (laughs) So, Tanya, there's lots and lots of different genres and styles of photography out there. Yes. What's something unusual you've shot in the past? Unusual, apart from children. Um, It's not unusual. Uh, Darren, I've shot cars. don't really have a passion for cars, but I've shot cars. shot cars for a year. Yeah, I shot cars also. I shot them for about six months and just doing stuff for um, a dealership. Yeah. And shooting cars for three months. That was, that was. Must be a good stepping stone. It, it paid the bills. It paid the it bills. It paid the bills. It definitely paid the bills. <laughs> Let's start with portrait photography. Talk about it, Darren. <laughs> Talk about portrait photography. Yes. Um, well, I, I quite like, as, as you know, I quite like portrait photography. It's literally 90% of my work. And I really, really enjoy it. But there's lots of different sort of subgenres in portrait photography. Yep. So you have things like, um, you know, your normal everyday sort of corporate headshot photography. That's that's one of the subgenres. Um, then you can go along and you can do some environmental portraits. Um, and you can go and do candid portraits, you know, much like you said you did with children. You can just let them run around and do their thing and take their photos that way. Or you can sit them down and pose them and, and get uh, the studio sort of portraits from there. And you can do family portraits. That's another subcategory, just of families. Darren, I have a feeling this is going to be a boring topic. We'll find out the end. <laughs> so one of the things our listeners can do, all zero of you, is write in and let us know <laughs> how boring this particular podcast is. That'll be great. <laughs> What makes a good portrait, Darren? Getting someone's personality. How do you get their personality? Well, that's the whole trick of portrait photography, really, is trying to get someone's personality in one frame. If you're a videographer, you can get someone's personality, you know, five, ten seconds, you've got that. But as a, as a photographer, you only have one frame in which to do it in. So how do you know if uh, portrait photography is the genre that you want to get into? Well, you've got to like people. (laughs) (laughs) How are you in that industry? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, I started off shooting weddings and doing things for um, sort of, it's going to say, I'm going to say, I started doing things for people. That sounds really, really weird. But, you know, (laughs) photography for ordinary sort of people, a wedding, a christening, um, you know, a a child's sort of big birthday sort of thing or, or a person's birthday. And I was finding that that sort of work, one, it didn't really gel with me so much, but also, you know, chasing up invoices and chasing up, you know, things that you, that you need to get done that are important. And I sort of got into business headshots because businesses pay. I mean, at the end of every month, 
their accountant or their bookkeeper gets all their invoices and pays them. But do they, Darren? They do, do they really? They do. Are you sure about well, that? Well, <laughs> my clients do, and I love them for it. <laughs> no, my clients do too. I love your clients. So, Tanya, you're a um, primarily an architectural photographer right now. Yes. Uh, how do you handle portraits? Well, portraits and architecture, for some reason, go hand in hand. I tend to do a lot of portraits for my clients as well. Uh, I really enjoy taking portraits. I don't know what else you really want me to say. <laughs> I like doing them. I like doing portraits. I like lighting for them. I think I, I, I do a decent job at them. I think I'm kind of good at them. Um, I do a range of like corporate to through to architectural, um, like architectural, bleh. I do a range of corporate through to environmental portraits. Occasionally I do family. Uh, it, I suppose it's a bit of a break for me. I, I do love the architectural work, but it's a bit of a balancing act between that and um, headshots. So how do you decide what genre or should I say subgenre of headshot you're going to do for a client? It really depends on the client themselves. So a very serious firm like a lawyer or a maybe an accountant, I would probably say I would do keep it very simple, white or black background, maybe play with my lighting a little bit, but have it a bit more of a true, true representation of who the person is. Whereas if I'm dealing with an architectural firm and they've got really, I don't know, fun, quirky designs, I'd probably play with the headshots a little bit more by maybe taking them outside in an environment or putting a building behind them. or So it really, really, really got to uh, – it depends – I can't even talk. <laughs> it depends on who the client is and what represents their brand the best. How do you feel about landscape photography? I don't mind landscape photography. Oh, you don't mind it. I don't mind it. Okay. I don't mind going for a walk and sort of going out and – But with all your gear or is it just an iPhone snapshot? Gear. Oh, Maybe a tripod and a camera and oh, probably wow. one lens. That's about it. Wow. But I've seen people haul some gear and it's just, no, just no. <laughs> I find it relaxing. I think doing landscape stuff's kind of, you know, you're out by yourself and, and sort of relaxing. I think I remember from last podcast what your <laughs> opinion is on landscape photography. Yeah, it's just with an iPhone, you know, if I'm in a hotel in a beautiful I don't know, island or something, and I see a beautiful beach shot, I'm happy to take it with my iPhone to rub it into everybody else. <laughs> but as for setting up an actual professional camera and getting a great shot of it, not really my thing. Uh, I, You know, I appreciate landscape photography, but it's not something I really want to venture into, I suppose. I don't even know, can you make money off landscape photography? I have no idea. You know, idea. in the commercial field? Maybe. I don't know. You if you're sell if you're, your prints in there, yeah. you know. If you're a landscape photographer out there and for some reason you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> write in, let us know if you can make some money off landscape photography. No, I, I think I think mostly landscape photography, especially for some of the people that I know, they're hikers anyway. So it's more relaxing. Exactly. Relaxing, kickback. back. Yeah. I'm I'm on a hike, I'm here anyway, I may as well take a camera with me. Yeah. That makes sense. But I just have my phone in my pocket. So if I'm on a hike, I just pull out my phone. I can do amazing shots. And these days, iPhones can shoot raw as well. So, And if you know how to edit properly on your phone like I do, then you can get some amazing images. <laughs> if you know how to edit properly like I do. Like I do. Well, I do know how to edit on my phone. Do you know how to edit on your phone? I have phone? no clue. Well, that's exactly no why I'm saying all. I should teach you. You should. We'll have a lesson. Yes. So if you like landscape photography, 
Does that always does that also make you a bird watcher? No. And bird photographer, like a wildlife photographer? Are you into that too or I think very, very early on in when I no, you see even, you as a bird watcher. No, don't. <laughs> no. Very early on when I first started learning photography, I would go to the zoo and I would take photos of the animals. And yeah, I've got some birds in my <laughs> in my portfolio there somewhere, but that's probably as far. I'm I'm certainly not going on a hike and looking for certain birds and and looking for oh this is a rare little black headed warbler or something or whatever it is and I need to get a photo of it. No, no, I I just went to the zoo with my um 300 mil lens and just got birds that way. <laughs> See, I uh, I appreciate landscape and I appreciate wildlife, but I appreciate watching them with my own eyes as opposed to taking photos of them. So they're not really genres that I dip my toes into, I suppose. You know, I if I'm going to go to the zoo, I'm going to watch and I might take some video or something on my phone, mainly to show my kids afterwards. But yeah, not not it's not really my thing to photograph animals either, unless it's my cat. I do like taking photos of my cat. You showed me plenty of photos of your cat <laughs> during the break. Um, but no, I think I think going to a zoo and taking photographs of the animals there, it's a great way to learn. And practice. Correct. Um, it's a great way to deal with depth of focus, long lenses, natural, natural lighting. Yeah. Okay, so talking about wildlife, there's some pretty wild people in the cities. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on street photography? How is it something you do? I mean, you, you sound like you're a bit of a glamper. You don't want to go you, you don't want to go hiking or taking photos Judgy of animals. Or... <laughs> um, so what about street photography? Is that for you or is that something you don't want to get into? It's something that I am going to say I mingled in in the very beginning of my career. So when, you know, you've got to do folio pieces and things like like that I did roam the streets and I got some really awesome shots for for a student back then doing street photography. It's not really the type of photography I do now. I suppose I'm I'm going to say I'm more of a structured photographer. You know, I I my past I shot a lot of fashion, which is very structured, and then now I'm shooting architecture and headshots, again very structured. It's all sort of under that commercial umbrella. So street photography, it's not something I really do now, but I have mingled in it in the past and it, it was enjoyable back when I was a student. <laughs> what about you? Um, it's Street photography is where I cut my teeth as a photographer. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about doing, uh, taking photographs of animals and stuff in the zoo and, and I, th- I thought that was a great place to practice. But really, really the place where I practice the most, using natural light, you know, getting patient and just waiting for the right moment to happen. You know, you talk about Cartier-Bresson and his decisive moment. I mean, you learn that doing street photography. And that's where I really, really cut my teeth as a photographer. And I just, my, not my portfolio, but my computer is just filled with gigabytes of street photography just because I love it so much. But unfortunately, it's something... I sort of stopped doing over the pandemic. I mean, we were locked down for two years and, and weren't allowed out. Yeah. And I haven't gotten back into it, and I don't know why. There's absolutely no reason I haven't got back into doing street photography. With street photography back in the day when I did do it, I also found that even though we mentioned landscapes earlier, I did a lot of urban landscapes, 
you know, city skylines and buildings. And I suppose that sort of can go under the architectural umbrella as well. But I experimented a lot with that in my early days. Yeah, so uh, more built environment. And, yeah, and more stuff built. Like yeah, yeah, as opposed to like going to a forest or, or you know, a river or something like that. So um, what do you think about still life photography then? Still life? It's something I did at college and I was actually yeah. really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Because um, still life can also work with, with um, product photography. Yeah, A lot exactly. of people these days call it product photography. Um, it depends really what you're taking photos of. If you're, if you're being more artistic about it, you know, memento mori's and stuff like this and, and more along the Dutch school, you know, the Dutch school of paintings with the flowers and the book oh, and, yeah. you know, yeah. those sorts of things. Um, I, I found that really fascinating oh, and a wow. real big technical challenge. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I do have a few in my... In my, on my computer. It, not, yeah, in the folio. I was going to say not in my portfolio because it's not something I show it's commercially. It's that you like. Yeah, because I could get in the studio and I could just be there by myself and, you know, tell my little story with this book and, you know, that flower and, and this because they all mean things. And you can tell a story about a person or a, or a situation or something just through still life photography. And I really, really enjoyed it. It was lots of fun. I... Uh, I suppose, experimented in still life photography. So I've done a lot of product photography, but still life photography, what you're talking about, where you've got little sets that you've got to make and stuff. We did a lot of that in university as well. We had to do it with large format cameras back in the day where they had the bellows and stuff and you had oh to work God, with. Oh my God, yeah. that's, that's a while ago. Shush, <laughs> quiet. And I did enjoy, I will say that I did enjoy coming up with little sets. So I used to make miniature sets. So it could have been like a, a, a farmland with a discarded bike. And, you know, I used to shop around and buy all these little, you know, little things to make fences and I used to paint them and I found little bits of grass and you know, I, w- I would find miniature bikes and make them look old and rusty and get trees and lean them up against it. And with these large format cameras, it sort of gave the illusion of real life. Uh, I suppose this little miniature set being real life. Oh, and, because the plate's so, so huge. Mm, mm. Yep, yep. So I, I did enjoy it back then, but I think it's something that you, you sort of need the time for. And it was one of those that it could take me weeks to build my little set to then, yep. you know, it could be hours in the studio to do it. So it's something I suppose I did for fun and I enjoyed and everything I learned from doing that I've been able to put into my products because, as you said, you're learning the technical lighting and the skills and, you know, I'd have to backlight to have light coming through trees and things like that. So it gave me the skill that I know today that I've used for product photography. But do I do it now? Not really anymore either. Be like my street photography. It's something you, you really enjoy and like, why don't I do this anymore? I just, it's, it's time. It's time. Life. Life's yep. busy. So you're saying before that you started off as a um, architectural photographer. Very beginning was sort of architectural, yeah. Yep. But one of the things that uh, you said you're very, very passionate about is fashion. Yes. So how'd you find doing fashion photography? I did fashion photography for 10 to 15 years, maybe. So yep. started in architectural, sort of fell into architectural work and really, really wanted to push for fashion because it was all about being a fashion, fashion <laughs> photographer. <laughs> Hi, my name is so, Fashion. Fashion. And and I was lucky enough to work for a number of big name brands and, and shoot for them. But as much as I loved shooting fashion, 
I sort of fell into fashion and then fell out of it during COVID and got back into architectural. And I do love fashion and I would never not get back into it. But I think my path is still the architectural path for now. Yeah, I think I'm enjoying that more and it's suiting my lifestyle more and my career more now than it ever has. But yeah, as I said, I did 10 to 15 years of fashion photography and I loved it. You know, I made a lot of good friends. I worked with a lot of stylists and models and makeup artists. And when you're a 20 something year old photographer, just sort of dipping your toes in the photography world, it's a great way to start, a really great way to start. It's a good way to teach you different types of lighting and working with people. And yeah, you, how's your fashion photography? Oh, my fashion photography. Um, I sort of started quite low. I started off assisting for yep. some guys who are now quite big into fashion photography. Yeah. Uh, and, and I totally agree with you. It's, it's, it's a great way to learn lighting and learn how a studio works. Yep. All the pre-production and, and production th- and even the post-production stuff. Listen to our earlier podcast, our first episode. <laughs> it talks about pre-production. Side note. <laughs> yes. Um, and even post-production and dealing with clients. So it really, really taught me fashion Taught me everything I needed to know about doing corporate headshot stuff and, and, and studio work. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, had, had a had a director model is a big thing. You know, some models are amazing and they can just move with the camera and the photographer and the music. And some models that are new starting out, you've got to really heavily direct to get the shot that you need. Uh, so it's 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 a good one that even if you're not in the fashion industry, it's a good one to try organize a test shoot with, you know, beginner makeup artists and beginner models and stuff, just so you can get that experience under your belt to decide whether it's something you want to do or not. Yeah. And if you're new to photography and you want to get into fashion, one of the first things I would say to you is go and assist for an established studio or some established sort of uh, photographers and just watch them, watch them work, you know, carry gear, set the lights up. Um, you know, paint backdrops and all these sorts of things. Just do all that terrible sort of work that, <laughs> that, that a lot of people <laughs> that we've don't. all done. Yeah, yeah, we've that, all done. That some of us um, sort of claim not to enjoy. Where I actually love doing that sort of stuff. I thought it was freaking excellent. Um, and just learn, and just learn by observing, and it, you'll 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 sort of get more out of observing how people work than you will from uh, some of the sort of courses that are around. How do you feel about weddings, Daz? <laughs> I knew the answer to that one. <laughs> you know, you know exactly how I feel about you weddings. You secretly love them. I secretly do not love weddings. <laughs> um, going back to my very, very early career, I did start out working for a a wedding photographer. You know, once again carrying gear, holding up their reflectors, and all these sorts of things. And I thought, oh, I'm going to love wedding photography. I really want to get into it because that's where all the money is. <laughs> you know, if you, you lose your weekends. Exactly. But yeah. if you see someone in a camera store and they're just forking over thousands of dollars for gear. <laughs> and they're wedding photographers. That's a wedding photographer. Exactly. Sorry, I, was having, sorry, I had a burp there. <laughs> You're so gross. <laughs> gross. Um, yeah, they're the people, you know, forking over all the money. And I went, I want to be one of those guys. I want to make lots of money. But then I found out that it's 12 hour days. And it's hard. Not always twelve-hour days. Depends on the yeah, type of wedding you do. Yeah, sometimes it's fourteen-hour days. <laughs> I mean, I mean less. Sometimes eight. 
Sometimes four. No, I've never had a four hour. That'd be I've great. had many four hour <sighs> weddings. I want your weddings. <laughs> so I I enjoy wedding photography. It's not something that I would say I do on a weekly basis because I'm I'm more of a commercial photographer. But I find that I will probably do about a wedding a month, a wedding every second month. And I really, really enjoy it because commercial work can be very structured. And clients can turn around and say to you things like, I want this, 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 and this. And you've got to sort of shoot within their guidelines. Whereas whenever I have a wedding meeting, and all my weddings are anywhere between four to seven hours maximum, there's no 12-hour days for me, uh, a lot of the brides just turn around and say, I just want some really good photos. That's all I want is some really good photos. So they give me complete creative control, and I love that. It allows me to step outside the box that I'm used to working in and come up with something amazing. So it's so really, really more of a creative outlet for you. It than, is a creative outlet yeah. for me, yeah. So I, I, there is a lot of pressure uh, and it's a very hard industry to get into. Don't ever get into weddings without assisting first because you need to you need to get into it slowly. But it's, yeah, it is a creative outlet and I've sort of mastered the way I do my weddings and I have a, a nice, slow and steady stream of weddings coming in. And and there's a certain ebb and flow to a wedding as well. There's certain things which are done at this time and then certain things are done at that time. And, and there's a, there, it is a bit structured in that way. Very structured, But there's yeah. an ebb and flow to a wedding that if you, if you haven't assisted, you're not going to know about it and mm-hmm. you can, you can potentially make some big mistakes. Big mistakes if you miss something like, you know, the bride and groom's kiss or, you know, certain moments that you know you have to capture. So, yeah, I think you're right in that aspect that they are structured, but they're structured on time and what happens, but they're not structured on the creativity. So, you know, I'm able to play with flair. I love flair. (laughs) I love playing with flair, especially with bride and grooms. I can play with silhouetting and, and things like that. So I think, yeah, if it is something you want to try, definitely, definitely, definitely try to get assisting work in it to see if it really is something you want to do. Documentary photography. What do we think? <laughs> That's a big, <laughs> that was a sudden jump. <laughs> straight from wedding, straight to documentary photography. What well, do you, you think? A wedding, you kind of, okay, let's start again. Darren, <laughs> When, you, when you're shooting a wedding, you're kind of documenting the wedding. So that leads us into our next topic of documentary <laughs> photography. How's that? Better? Good segue. I Great. like it. I like it. Great. Um, probably very early in my career, um, when I was still in the military, I was with the Army for quite some years. And one of the things that I did, so, oh, sorry, some of the work that I did start picking up was doing photography for the Army. And a lot of that was documentary photography, you know? document what happens out field on, the, on a certain field exercise, document what, um, what we do with these sorts of weapons and stuff like that. And it was really, really fun. Oh, it wow. was actually yeah. really good. It I is mean, fun. I enjoy it too. Yeah. So, you know, um, my images are part of army videos on, you know, there's one that was uh, sort of showing how a new weapon system worked and, and my images are part of that. Um, and there's also, you know, sort of like, ah, oh, just go and document what these people did on this field exercise so we can have it for the Instagram or so we can have it for, um, sort of showing people what we actually do here at the school. Um, and it was really cool. It was really, really good stuff and just shot it all totally documentary style. Um, but there's more that, more to documentary than just that. Have you ever sort of dabbled in documentary photography? I have in a few different ways, actually. So as I said, shooting in a wedding, even though it's structured, it's still, you're documenting an event. 
And a lot of people don't necessarily like weddings posed and structured, as in, you know, they don't want everyone smiling at the cameras. They want a lot of, a lot of more sort of natural images. But actual documentary telling a story, I have, again, I mingled with that in university. I'm pretty sure that was one of the assessments that we had to cover is a, a form of documentary photography. I've also done a form of documentary photography, but within a series of images that I stage myself. So um, if you're familiar with the the photographer Bill Henson, yep. uh, his Unknown series many, 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 many years ago, I absolutely loved, and I sort of did something quite similar, a series of images, but they were all staged, but documenting and sort of telling a little story. So it wasn't your traditional documentary photography that you see on, I don't know, in The Age or, you know, in in certain magazines, but it was a more staged version of documentary photography. That's what I would call it. I mean, I I don't know what else you'd call that type of photography when you're documenting something that is staged. I think a lot of stage photography. No, not really, because <laughs> they're not on stage. They're not acting on yeah. stage. It's it's yeah, uh, but actual real documentary photography. I have where you follow someone around or you follow a story around. I have done that, but many many years ago. Yep, and um, sort of keeping on the documentary photography sort of area. You know, things like uh, the David Attenborough sort of um, wildlife series. Yes. You know, we've all seen those. That's very much documentary photography. Yeah. Yep. So let's get back to you, Tanya. And always, talk- always oh. back to me. <laughs> <laughs> always back to you. Your genre of choice is architectural. So tell me about that. I really enjoy it. I don't know if it's something to do with straight lines and <laughs> walls. And yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's something that I, I have been doing a lot the last couple of years. It's something that I've always mingled in, an industry I've always done but I was concentrating on fashion pre-COVID. Then when COVID hit and we weren't able to work, once Melbourne, we got released (laughs) from our lockdown, I started getting a lot more architectural work than I've ever had. So I decided to go with it and realise that I have an absolute passion for it. And I think I'm good at what I do uh, and I enjoy what I do and it makes me happy. So it's just something I've sort of stuck with and I'm going with right now. So, so when you talk about architectural photography, is it just the outside of a building? Or what, what are we inside? What are we talking well, a lot of mine is interior. Interior photography could be an amazing house or beautiful bathroom or interior of a shop or it could be an exterior of something. Um, a lot of my work is more interiors, so it's inside in regards to architectural photography. But you know, I've I've done a combination of I don't know offices through to shop fit outs down to. I don't know what else to say, but mansions, you know, you know, having these amazing kitchens and bathrooms that have just been completely redesigned and that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's definitely something I enjoy and I'll keep pursuing. Anyone needs architectural work, feel free to hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Darren, are you talking or? No. We're going to discuss the next, the next uh, type of genre is... Aerial. Oh, aerial. And drone. There we go. Okay, so let's talk about that. So Tanya, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think about aerial and drone photography? I have never really done. I mean, I would love to be in an aeroplane and do. I'm just trying to think if I've ever I've, I've photographed an aeroplane while it's moving, but I've never actually hung out an aeroplane and done sort of a aerial 
shot. And I, I've mingled with drones, but never really. It's something I. It's on my to do list is play more with drones. It seems to be the way people are wanting things shot lately. Yes, I've never dabbled in drones or anything like that either. Um, I've. But drone photography is definitely something I'd, I'd love to sort of stick my hand into, but I don't know anyone with one to actually go, hey, can I have a go? Can I go? Yeah. And, and sort of have and see if I like it. Because the, the barrier to entry there or, or the, sort of the, the cost of entry is reasonably high. And I don't want to sort of fork out that amount of money. If you don't know if you like it or not. Correct. What about sports photography? Have you done that before? I have. I've done um, baseball. I did baseball for about twelve months or so. Oh, you said just that as in the a, last just, podcast. Yeah, just as yep. an aside, just as something cool to do. Um, so yeah, I've shot quite a bit of baseball. Um, I used to shoot some rugby as well. Yeah, which was quite fun. Um, I really enjoy it. it. It was. It's a good genre to get into, especially if you know the sport. Yeah. If you love the sport, then you you definitely should be shooting it. And and doesn't matter what that sport is, you could be doing, you know, tiddlywinks as far as I care. <laughs> tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks. If you love tiddlywinks, go and shoot tiddlywinks. If you love um hopscotch, go and shoot hopscotch. You know, if you love martial arts, go and shoot martial art. Um yeah, just shoot what you you love playing yourself or or whatever it is that you love watching. I mingled in very, very early on in my career, local football teams, going to watch a local footy team and and just brought my camera along and had a play around with that. It was okay. I mean, I, I can't say I had a love for doing that type of photography. <sighs> I, was, I was out of breath then, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say I had a, an absolute love for that type of photography, but I, I didn't hate it. It, it was okay. Um yeah, I sort of probably did it for a year or two and then that was it for me. I was sort of done. Yeah, I just don't get around in those sorts of circles anymore. That's probably why I don't do any sports. Oh, God. Ten, <laughs> for, for you listening at home, Tanya just hit her microphone with her with her telephone right just then. So if you hear a sudden big bump, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it's afternoon. It you know. is. We've had lunch and uh, things are sleepy. slowing down. So, um, yeah, I just don't move in those sorts of circles anymore where, where you know, I'm sort of around sports and, and things like that. It's probably the only reason I don't shoot it anymore. What about, and I, I feel this industry is not really known as much as it used to be back in the early 2000s when I started my career, advertising photography. So a lot of people put it under the umbrella now of, I would say, commercial photography. Yeah, me too. I, I definitely put it under commercial. When I was starting out, there was advertising photographers and that's what they did. They did advertising for, you know, your billboards. And this is before, I suppose, social media came about and made everything a two-second rule. Um, it was when billboards, magazines and, and you know, adverts and tally and stuff were huge. Well, they're and still out there. I mean, you go for a drive down the down the freeway and you can't avoid the billboards. I mean, it still it's exists. It's a little bit different though to now to what it used to be. I think it was very prestige when I was starting out, I assisted a few big name photographers that specialize in, in advertising photography, very prestige. Uh, I just kind of feel like it's just not as prestige anymore. It's still there, but it's just, yeah, not as, not on the same level it used to be as in the works on the same level, but it's not held in such high regard like it used to be back in the early 2000s before social media and internet took over. Can you think of any other... 
genres? Um, not off the top of my head. No, what about time lapse? Time lapse. Is that a genre or is it just something you do as part of a different genre of photography? I don't know. Yeah. I'm presuming it's a type of photography. It certainly is you set your a camera style. Up. Yeah. But then couldn't you do a time lapse of a wedding? And then couldn't you do a time lapse of something commercial like a But then it's still time lapse. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's like you can mix time lapse in with other genres. I mean, I know it's a thing, but it's a thing within something else. I don't think it's I don't think it's, <laughs> it's, it's a type own, of it's a type of photography, but not necessarily a genre. It's a technique rather than a genre. Yeah. That's yeah. what I that's that's how I'm putting time lapse. Anything else you can think of? What about film? Would you say that's a genre? Oh, that's a good question. Um, or is that a type of photography then? Because you can shoot film with weddings, same as time lapse. Yes. So you can shoot film with, you can shoot a wedding with film, you can shoot commercial with film, you can shoot landscape with film. So is that a type of photography or is that a genre as I such? I think it's becoming a genre. Oh, I think it's only the cool kids shoot with exactly. film. Exactly. If you need a beard, you need some tattoos, <laughs> and you need to wear a scarf. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those things that going the opposite way of time lapse. You know, sort yeah. of I, I, where I said time lapse is a technique. Film photography is definitely a technique of photographing a documentary or photographing still life or photographing an engagement sort of thing. Um, but I think it's getting away from that now and becoming its own genre because not a lot of people do it. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's making its way back, though. It is. It always in does. A big way. Yeah. And I'm not sad about that at all. I think it's great. It's definitely something, um, as I said, I got away from street photography for some reason. I really don't know why. I don't know why I haven't picked it up again. But one of the things I used to do when I did do street photography is take my film camera with me. Mm. I would, some of the times I would take my digital camera, but other times I would take my film camera. It's totally manual focus, all, all manual. It's, everything's mechanical and the feel and the weight of it and hearing that thing go click <laughs> and then having to wind it was, ah, oh, I'm, I'm getting nostalgic now because. <laughs> I really See, I was, it. I was taught film when I studied photography, I was taught film. So we did dark room and. All that, three yeah. years, three or four years of all that. I don't really miss it. It's weird. I, I enjoy it and I appreciate it. And I know everything I know about photography now because of film. With digital photography, I suppose you can be a little bit lazier because you can shoot and shoot until you get it right. With film, you had to be more precise because it cost a lot of money. But And I appreciate film. I really do. But it's not something I miss that I would say to you, hey, I'm going to get back into. It's kind of like I'm a big reader. I love reading books. I've got a Kindle. And a friend of mine said to me, don't you miss, you know, touch and feel of a book? And I'm like, no, because I appreciate the story. So when I do photography, I appreciate what's in the photograph, not necessarily how I took the photograph, as in, you know, whether it was film or digital. Yeah, there's definitely some people out. Yeah, no, it does. Because there's definitely some images of scene that are out there. Where people are like, oh, look at me, I took this on film. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter, it's still a rubbish photo. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you feel that we've missed a genre or there's something else you'd like us to talk about, please feel free to leave notes in the comment section of the podcast. 
On that note, thank you for listening to today's podcast. And um, we'd love to get your feedback on how boring this one was, as Tanya said at the beginning of the podcast, because she's like, I think this one's going to be boring. I don't think it turned out too bad. I think it turned out all right. So don't forget to have a look at the social media links down below and come and follow us on Instagram and on threads. We're on threads now, are we? We are on threads, yes. Awesome. Good yes. stuff. Uh, may not be nay, may not be too much there, but get in early and you can watch us grow. <laughs> Thank you for listening and we'll see you next fortnight. Bye-bye.